0: I'm Pete McCall, and welcome to episode 66 of All About Fitness. On this episode of All About Fitness, I sit down with the mad genius behind the programming at TRX, Chris Frankel. Chris has an MS in exercise science and is actually about to receive his PhD from the University of New Mexico. Chris is well known in the fitness community for being a lecturer and educator, having taught numerous workshops and written many articles on how the body adapts to exercise. For those of you who don't know about the TRX suspension trainer, it was actually developed by a former Navy SEAL, Randy Hedrick, who I interviewed back on episode 10 of All About Fitness. I also have a lengthy interview with Randy about how he developed the TRX on YouTube. I'll have a link to that below in the show notes. But while Randy is the inventor of the company, Chris Frankel is widely regarded as a guy who's responsible for the programming and helping understand thousands of trainers around the world learn how to use the TRX properly. So if you enjoy challenging yourself with bodyweight exercises and are a big fan of the TRX Suspension Trainer or, as most likely will be the case, about to become a big fan of the TRX Suspension Trainer because in all honesty, I mean, I love it. I've had a TRX now, oh, about a decade. They came out in 2004 and I've had them now about 10 years and it's truly one of my favorite fitness tools. Anyway, today on All About Fitness, Chris Franco and I talk about all stuff strength training, bodyweight strength training, and of course, the TRX Suspension Trainer. So after a brief word from our sponsor, Chris Frankel of TRX. Fitness is the maker of the new TerraCore, which is a step, bench, balance trainer, and multifaceted exercise tool combined into one single platform. Go to vicorefitness.com to see the newest piece of equipment They'll be taking the fitness industry by storm in 2017. Use the code AAF to save 20% on purchasing a TerraCore of your own. TerraCore by Vicor Fitness. Vicor Fitness. Better results from better products. I'm Pete McCall with All About Fitness. I'm here today with Chris Frankel from TRX. Chris, can you uh, give us a brief description of your your title and what it is that you do with uh, TRX?
1: Hey, Pete. Yeah, sure. Happy to. Uh, I've been with TRX pushing 10 years now. Uh, My title is Head of Human Performance, which is uh, kind of a catch-all role. Uh, A lot of us here play multiple positions, but I'm involved with uh, research development for product as well as content and education. Uh, I work with our education team to develop the curriculum Train up our instructors around the country, quality control around uh, the education products we put out, uh, and then uh, get to travel around quite a bit and uh, do both uh, terek specific training and general training with uh, a lot of the military, pro sports, college sports, and uh, general fitness. So it's it's a, kind of a unique uh, position in the industry that I've been lucky enough to fall into, and now it keeps me on my toes.
0: <laughs> well, I and, know and, and, for people listening, uh, Chris is really, Chris Frankel is an educator who's become synonymous with uh, with the TRX brand, because we were just talking uh, before we started recording, you used to be an instructor at University of New Mexico, correct?
1: Yeah, I have, uh, I think I'm pushing the longest uh, tenure of trying to finish a PhD at the University of New Mexico. It's pushing 20 years now, but <laughs> it looks like I'll actually, I'll actually get done Early next year, but yeah, I was uh, I did my master's uh, work there uh, with Dr. Len Kravitz, Dr. Vivian Haywood, Dr. Rob Robergs, and uh, a few other folks over there, and I was instructor of record there for a while, so I've got to wear a few different hats in my life. I stopped my first coaching job in 1979, uh, then I was a teacher uh, at some level. I did elementary school, middle school, high school, community college, four-year college, graduate uh, graduate school instructors until I took the job with uh, TRX about 10 years ago.
0: Well, how, and how did you learn about TRX? What was, how did it come across your radar? Because the company's only been around not quite, I think, coming up on 15 years, correct?
1: Yeah, it's the, the company's been around pushing 14, 15 years, really went commercial about 11 years ago. I was, it was really kind of a lucky thing. At the, at the time, I was uh, working on the PGA Tour with some, uh, with some golf professionals, and the manager of one of the guys I was working with. Uh, was a classmate with somebody who happened to be at TRX at the time. She gave him a set of straps. He gave them to me, liked them, uh, logged onto the site. Uh, about a year later, I noticed they were advertising for someone to run education on their end. I was living in Albuquerque at the time and been looking for a uh, 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 geographical as well as kind of business change and answered an ad. Frazier Quelch interviewed me. Randy and Frazier hired me and the uh, uh, we just hit the road from there.
0: And what was your impression when you first saw the TRX straps? Like what was your first kind of first thought, your first impression? Cause they were relatively, uh, even though we've been using gymnastics rings for a while, they're there, are still kind of a, I don't want to say an oddity, but they were very a, a unique. They're a unique tool, correct?
1: Yeah, it was, um, you know, I kind of looked at it sideways at first, but, uh, it, it, it was kind of the uh, alignment of the stars and the planets because golfers tended to not like lifting weights, um, uh, no matter how much he told them that strength and range of motion is important for golf. So we were always trying to manipulate around body weight type of things or band, uh, elastic band type of things. So then when uh, got my hands on the straps, I thought, hey, this is a great opportunity to you know introduce a little bit more you know strength training stuff to them. So we played around with it. Uh, really liked it, saw a lot of uh, potential to it, got zero pushback from golfers. And then it's also working with some other athletes at the time. And it just fell right into their uh, to their routines, because I've always been kind of a you know, manage your body weight first before we start loading you up. And the whole single anchor point thing, you had to kind of get your head wrapped around the, the benefits of that. But it only took about a month, a month and a half until it was really uh, your imagination, and your creativity was really only the limit you could do with that thing. So it was uh, it, it was not much pushback, which was lucky for me.
0: Well, let's come back to that manage your body weight first. What exactly does that mean? And why is that important when we talk about strength training and fitness?
1: Um, well, I've always been uh, someone that thought, hey, if you're not able to do, you know, a quality push-up, you know, why would be putting you underneath a bench press on you? And I kind of always had these ideas of why that would work. And then I just started stealing ideas and concepts from, you know, people much smarter than me. I think most recently I heard Greg Cook having a conversation about, um, Hey, it doesn't matter if you're picking up a heavyweight or not, you know, what gives out first on you, your stabilizers, your prime movers. And before you answer that question, uh, think about what goes first, your inability to move away to your inability to maintain form. And so it kind of becomes, uh, pretty obvious that, Hey, you know what? Your stabilizers have to be able to do their thing. And so if we get kind of these subtle, mu- these subtle muscles and this motor control and make sure the muscles are sequencing the right way to you know, keep a shoulder girdle in a proper position so you can express good strength through the arms or being able to maintain a spinal position, hip position, leg position so you can drive through the legs, uh, kind of a more complicated, geeky way to say that you uh, be able to have this proximal stability to be able to generate distal mobility. I would have never been able to express it that way You know, 25, 30 years ago when I was in the mix, but you could kind of see that the guys that were performing well on the field or at their jobs or at their tasks, when you gave them body weight environments, they were doing pretty well in that area. And the people that were not doing as well or having trouble uh, moving weight well, get them to know what it feels like to be in a single arm, single leg position, uh, manage that body in three dimensional space and then add load to it. We always see that progress go much faster and kind of be sustainable for a while.
0: Because I, I think – and that's, that's a really important concept. I'm just going to stay on this for a second because I think you and I can both agree that a lot of the um, – a lot of mistakes that somebody might make walking into the gym is that they go straight to the machines or the free weights first. Would that be a fair assessment?
1: Yeah, and I'm not going to lie. That's me sometimes too. I mean it's – I'd like to say, hey, I always do the right thing every time, but sometimes I got 15, 20 minutes to get a workout in. I might go move a little bit weight first, but I – I, I think I can have the capacity to do that because I do spend a lot of the other time uh, making sure that you're warming up the joints are mobile and you can manage your movement well first. But there's, uh, you know, one thing having been in the industry a long time, I've made all the mistakes anybody could possibly make. I used to do the exact same thing. Uh, and if you're never quite sure how to uh, set your body up in the right position before you start moving you know, the, the the analogy we always give is if you don't have a good stance, you're not going to have a good start. If you don't have a good starting position, you're not going to be able to move well. You're always trying to play catch up uh, to getting that weight to work around you or getting your body to move well first. Uh, but yeah, this, this whole idea of back in the day, we used to say warm up was just to get heart rate up, respiration up, blood flowing. Uh, and now we've gotten a lot smarter about saying, hey, we can do all that stuff uh, in the environment of getting your you know, nervous system set up the right way or make sure that you're getting your position and your alignment and your ability to move uh, done well first. And it just, it just works really well with body weight. As soon as you start to um, uh, put some load on top of you, I having a really interesting conversation with Dennis Kaiser of uh, Kaiser Equipment. He talks about uh, the, the concept of a flywheel, meaning that if I put a heavier bar over my head or over my chest or on my back, that weight almost starts to calm down some of the movement inefficiencies I may have. I can hide them uh, where with lighter weight, like body weight or moving faster, you don't have that external kind of feedback on you. So now it's, it's all you you're exposed to uh, your strengths and your weaknesses or your instabilities. And so it's always just a good, uh, it's a good self check in the beginning of a workout. And it's always a great self check for an entire workout based around body weight that, uh, that, that, that not only we think works, but then once we kind of get our good conversations with uh, you know great people in the field, we, we get validated feedback, whether it be from general population, military, pro sports. And so we, we're feeling really good that uh, kind of a smarter approach to training uh, starts with that idea of, hey, manage your body and space first before you start putting other components on top of it.
0: And I think that's important because a lot of people will go into a gym, I think, you know, when they're starting to work out. And and a lot of what I try to do um, with this podcast is kind of uh, help people understand the benefits of training over the age of 35, especially once you get 35, 40 and upwards. You know, there's a huge benefit to doing bodyweight training. And I think the misperception is a lot of people – you know, if I'm in my forties, I go back into the gym and I haven't been there for a few years. I might start with going to the free weights or I might start with going back to the machines I used to do in college. And my perception might be that body weight training, oh, that's just relatively easy. But how can body weight training help me if I'm kickstarting a program, if I haven't been training for a while?
1: That's a great question. And, um, you know, I always, I always say, Hey, you got to take everything with, uh, not so much a grain of salt, but taking somebody's background into perspective. But I, you know, I will say, uh, having been around a lot of great coaches and just stolen ideas from a lot of great coaches and athletes over the years, uh, uh, and I drop names, not to drop names, but to try to get attribution to the places I've learned. There's a guy named Marty Gallagher, great powerlifting coach. Uh, And one of the several things that he said to me in some conversations that really stuck was, how do you take the simple things and make them as hard as possible. So later on, the hard things become as easy as possible. Hmm. So how do you take something like a push-up? And if someone can knock out you know, 25, 30, 40, 50 push-ups, but kind of sloppy, how do you slow it down and make sure that, hey, you know what? You're in that you know, great neutral spine position. Everything's lined up, your shoulders, hips, knees, ankles. You got your glutes turned on. You turn it into kind of this high-tension push-up. And how do you take that push-up and slow it down to make sure you're feeling every piece of it not every workout, but know that you have that capacity to, you know something as simple as time under tension, or being able to maintain that position as you go up and down. Uh, and all of a sudden people walk away from those high- tension, or, you know, using Pavel's approach, this hard-style approach to a plank or a push-up, and their eyes are opened up like, "Oh wow, I've actually never really felt my abs work that much when I do a push-up, or "I've never had my quads and my glutes turn on when I do a push-up. I thought that was from my chest." And, uh, you know, kind of one of our philosophies around TRX is, hey, you know what, you need to chase your plank and everything else will follow on top of that. And uh, we we see that working across the board in everything we do. Uh, You know, the goal for us is to have this awareness of how your body moves no matter what you put in your hands. It just so happens that the straps can unload a movement to take someone who hasn't worked out before, hasn't worked out for a long time, has been injured, uh, get them in an unloaded environment so they can be proper mechanics uh, and then it kind of grows with them to go from using it as a stability enhancing device to a stability challenging device by turning into a single arm, single leg position, uh, and all of a sudden you feel really competent moving your body. And some people just love sticking with the body weight stuff, and some people like to add it in as part of their warm up or part of their cool down, or as a station in there. You know, from a from a strictly business perspective, hey, you know what? If you got our straps in five percent of your workout. Or eighty percent of your workout that's a win for us, but from a more of a uh, educational and concept perspective, if you can manage your body weight loaded unloaded uh, with the straps without a piece of equipment, we think then we're feeding into you know uh, a better development of the end user as a regular fitness person than you know you know the other side of our business is a lot of education around the professional users so we're we're trying to kind of um continue to ride the trained that I think Gray and Lee at FMS have done a great job around quality of movement as long as as well as a lot of other coaches have done. But we start with a movement-first approach, uh, and we feel the straps is a great environment to do that. And Then uh, some people love staying there, and then some people kind of use the straps as an on-ramp to doing other things as well.
0: Cool. Just uh, one more quick technical question, then I want to talk to you a little bit about programming for the consumer. You referenced a couple times muscle tension, and specifically time under tension. What is, because, you know, you and I both know that the weight training, I can keep my muscle under tension. What's a good way to describe, like, how would you describe muscle tension or the the benefit of developing muscle tension in terms of developing strength? I mean, what, how does tension play a role in strength development and how does that tie into bodyweight training?
1: Oh, it's a, I mean, it's a great question. And the easiest way I think for the consumer and sometimes the professional to look at is, Hey, you look at, um, you look at gymnasts and you look at how well developed their bodies are um, primarily in the upper body because they spend a lot of time. So if you look at the men on the rings or the pommel horse, it's a lot of upper body. But you look at the floor exercise for women and men, and you also see good leg development there. The whole idea of being able to develop tension in a muscle or contraction in the muscle is kind of this cascade of things that happen from the, the brain, the spinal cord, all the way down to the muscle and the biochemistry that happens in there. But if you take something as simple as being at the top of a, push-up or staying in a plank or sometimes even just hanging from a bar if you can't do a pull-up yet just getting in there to hang and have those muscles turn on strength is going to be this uh you know neurological component of your brain telling these muscles to contract and stay contracted and then at the muscle level you know what's going on metabolically and structurally all these things are happening but this this whole idea of time under tension how long can i keep my muscles working? uh, laid across what exercises am I picking? How am I sequencing those exercises? Those work to rest ratio things, um, is all about just teaching the body to behave in a different way, move well, uh, while being very active in those positions. Uh, and, and, uh, I'm trying not to get too geeky because I know this is a consumer facing (laughs) version of it, but it really is kind of mind and muscle type of approach. But if, uh, if you're like any uh, 14-year-old boy that's ever stood in front of the mirror and flexed your muscles, that's tension on the muscle. Uh, and then if I pick up a weight, uh, that that continues to be tension on the muscle. And then from a programming sense, it's just how do we start to uh, design a workout where you have different levels of tension being held for different amount of times and different work-to-rest ratios in there. Uh, in, in this day and age, we spend so much time behind a Driving wheel, a steering wheel, I mean, your computer or your phone. We forgot what it's like to do actual hard work. I remember growing up digging ditches and tearing down. (laughs) I had to spend a lot less time with time under tension in the gym because I was picking up heavy stuff and putting it down all the time. But unfortunately, our lifestyles have taken us away from there. So we kind of got to put some of that back in the mix as well.
0: Yeah, I think I think the best shape I was in, Chris, was summers during college when I bar backed at a at a big bar, and you know our our beer cooler was maybe about two hundred three hundred meters. It was an outside bar, and so the beer cooler was a couple hundred meters away from where the bar was. And on a Friday, you know Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, I was humping two or three cases of beer up and down. I mean, that's literally all I did for ten hours at a time was just you know you know carrying cases, you know wheeling you know kegs around, and because you're moving the entire time, you're keeping the muscles working. Um, See, dude, you were ahead.
1: you were ahead of your time. You're doing heavy carries back then. You're doing strongman stuff, dude. It's just we we just packaged it up and made it a little bit different. It used to be a time when you know people didn't need to do as much of that stuff in the gym because they were doing it every day. But yeah, that's that's funny. That's what we that's what we call farm boy strength. You know what? They're used to picking up hay bales and doing that kind of thing. You you, you go to a good Division one college and you get some big kids in there that have never touched a weight, but they've lived a uh, a, a strong lifestyle.
0: And it's a reason why Nebraska always has, you know, the, 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 the Midwestern states, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Texas, you know, the states with all the farm boys, uh, those guys, they have strong football teams for a reason. Now, it's exactly. just... I I know you know, cuz when I first saw when I first picked up my my first set of TRX was in 2007 and that's when I was doing the uh, gift program with Frazier. that's how I got to know uh-huh. Frazier was was studying with Gary with him and to me they 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 kind of made sense right away and and they've been for 10 years well 10 years now um you know I the TRX has been a huge component of my personal fitness program you know, and, and I'll go through certain body weight, you know, kind of body weight phases where I'll do body weight only training just to kind of offload from your strength training. But I'm somebody that works in fitness. So I kind of have an idea of what to do with any piece of fitness equipment. How does somebody who's interested in it, maybe they've seen the TRX at the gym, maybe they've seen it because one of the things you notice, like when I watch, uh, I think on Hard Knocks, you, know, you always see a pair of TRX straps in the background in the weight room of an NFL team. But if somebody's listening to this and going, hey, man, I've seen those. I don't know what to do with them. How do you guys you know, coach up? How do you guys get to the average consumer? So if they invest in a pair of TRX straps for home use, A, you know, can they easily be used at home? And B, once, once they get home, how do you teach people how to use them safely?
1: Uh, great question. Uh, when we first introduced them into the market, I would say for the first year and a half, any place I would go that had a pair of straps hanging, they were doing two things from them. They were doing low rows, and they were doing chest presses. Uh, and then you'd go in and you'd show them like 50 other exercises, and I'd go back three months later and they'd be doing low rows <laughs> and they'd be doing <laughs> chest presses. So you know some of it some of it is relative intu- uh, relatively intuitive. Um, the The easiest way to get started, and this is going to be a good segue for some stuff coming up later, but the, the easiest way to get started. Uh, exactly from that is we, we kind of took our um, uh, our education our training philosophy about 5 years ago and for the exact reason you're asking how do people get started on because we say hey the the best thing about the straps is you can do a thousand different things on it the worst thing about the straps you can do a thousand different things on it so people do chest presses and low because they don't know where else to go from there so we just you know took the concept and we were definitely not the first ones to do it we took this concept of foundational movements how do we just take you know, we we've, we started off with seven, we've expanded out a little bit, but we take this concept of a plank, a push, a pull, a rotation, a hinge, squat, and a lunge. And we say, hey, if we can just come up with two or three moves that kind of fills in each one of those, that's going to give people a great place to go. And as people getting started, we actually like to program, program them or introduce them to the straps in that order. Because this whole idea of a plank, of making sure that you're in a good posture, whether you have whether you're doing a plank on the ground, not on the straps, So you have your hands in the straps, so you have your feet in the straps, get this idea of, you know, ear, shoulders, hips, knees, ankles, and being able to maintain that spine in three-dimensional space. And all of a sudden, that's an eye-opener for a lot of people of like, oh, me being able to hold that high-tension plank starts to wake me up a little bit. Now that you got that good plank, let's turn that into a push-up or a chest press. But don't think of it as a chest press. Think of it as a plank that you're moving up and down. And so now we've take this concept of push and just add a little bit more tension in on the push. And then that seems to be a relatively common movement that people are used to. So, okay, now we're going to take that same concept and go to a row. And we like to think that the, the straps are one of the best pulling pieces of equipment because you have to really turn on that entire back of your body, that posterior chain from the base of your neck down to your heels, and you've got to keep your glutes turned on. But we teach the row just like we teach the push-up. Hey, find your plank first. And then just think about doing a reverse push-up. So now we people that were just doing rows and push-ups on the straps, we kind of get a little aha moment from them on, hey, it's not just about pulling with the arms, it's about integrating the body. And then we go crazy and we say, hey, we're going to take this concept of a push and a pull and we're going to turn it into a rotate. So whether we call it a single arm row or a power pull, but now that you know how to manage your spine, turn on your core, uh, we're going to put those two things together. So now people got three things in their... In their um, arsenal that they can start to play with and the great thing about the straps is you walk away from the anchor point it makes it easier you walk towards the anchor point makes it heavier a little bit tougher on there the next place we'll go we'll kind of jump over the hinge because that's a little bit more of an advanced move for some people and we just start to say hey can you do a squat using the straps and use the straps just to help you keep that torso a little more upright to keep your feet flat to get a little bit more range of motion hey get good at that add a little jump to it hey you want to make it a little bit tougher let's do a single leg squat or a pistol on top of that. Uh, and then from there, we'll turn around and do a lunge on it. So if, if we can just find three or four moves from a push, from a pull, from a rotation, from a squat, from a lunge, now all of a sudden we've got 20 exercises that they feel comfortable with because uh, whether someone's getting started in fitness for the first time or using a new piece of equipment for the first time, you know as well as anybody else, there's even be an intimidation factor or a I don't know what to do factor. And so we make it less about, hey, this is a TRX squat, but this is a squat using TRX, using the suspension trainer. And so we kind of break those things down as we go through there. And uh, we figure, hey, if you can play with that for two weeks, four weeks, you're going to start to feel better on it. And then we start to say, hey, now we're going to add in a lateral lunge. Hey, now we're going to add in a single leg chest press. Hey, now we're going to add in an inverted row. So we've kind of take this whole concept of, Educating the uh, the professional trainer and just making it accessible to the consumer of let's get you really base let's get you really good at a few basic things and then we'll just build on top
0: of those. And, and one one thing to add in there, and, and that's that's a great way to layer it up. And, and as I'm sitting there thinking, um, there's a, there's an independent researcher by the name of Stuart McGill, based out of Canada, and I know you probably know Dr. McGill very well. Um, but just for listeners, I think he was what Chris about three or four pieces of independent research. That have validated using the low row as a as a core training. Can you talk about that a little bit about some of his work? And because he's an independent, he's he's a professor up at University of Waterloo. Am I? Is it the University That's of Waterloo right. in Canada? So yeah. he, he's been yeah. doing – this is a guy who, whose whole career has been based around spinal mechanics and, and how to really correctly, safely use the core. And I've seen him feature the, the TRX uh, suspension trainer in a number of his, in a number of his research studies, you know, you know, kind of helping support the validity of that. Can you, you know, How has that kind of helped you guys kind of make sure that what you're doing is, is the right way that you're going, to do, you're on the right path?
1: Yeah. Um, Dr. McGill was, uh, when, when we realized, Hey, you know, there really is something to these straps and Hey, we feel when we put our hands in the straps or our feet in the straps, we feel that our core, our toes, our torso turns on more. Um, and I'd been, I'd never met him, but I'd been familiar with Dr. McGill's work, you know, for a long time. And, uh, I, I went up and introduced myself to him and after a little while, you know, he was, he was interested and, and we got him to do, uh, a, a great set of research, a great set of research studies for us. Or with us, and basically, you know, he's he's that third party person. I went up to University of Waterloo, spent a couple of days just kind of showing what we thought was interesting on there, and then walked away because the whole idea was for this to be as independent a study as we could. And uh, basically, you know, like you said, he is uh, he is the spine guy. He's the Michael Jordan of spines, <laughs> as I like to say. Um, and he's, you know, he's got great books out for clinicians, for professionals. And he also has a book out called The Back Mechanic, which is for the consumer mm-hmm. as well. But basically what his, what his uh, research, which involved um, EMG, which involved force place, which involved motion capture, which involved kind of their really kind of algorithm on what's happening at the different joints in terms of compression and shear. Uh, uh, we were happily, uh, not surprised, but we were happy to find out that what we thought was happening actually was happening. You put your hands in the straps, core turns on automatically without having to uh, cue anybody on that. Put your feet in there, the same thing happens. And this whole idea of having this single anchor point above you uh, that makes you have to manage kind of the sway and the tilt of it, uh, we call it instability training, but it's different from instability training on an unstable surface, because when you're on an unstable surface, Your prime movers or your big muscles have to turn into stabilizers so you don't fall over. And so we kind of use the analogy of now all of a sudden you're trying to drive with your foot on the gas and the brakes at the same time. Mm. But having that instability from the top down and you're still on something firm on the ground, your brakes are now just becoming to stabilize you and your prime movers, you can hit the gas on it. So we like to say it's the great mix of instability to get that core to turn on but enough stability to drive some force through there. Uh, and he, um, he did a, a study on the push. He did a study on the pull and, uh, you know, it, but he ended up with a study that was published in NSCA journal. I want to say it was 2012. He came up with this list of exercises they did on there that went from things that had the least amount of shear stress, uh, and compression on the spine to the things that were more challenging. Uh, and the thing to keep in mind, shear on the spine is not a bad thing if you've got a healthy spine. But this kind of gave us a way to say, hey, if you are new to training on here, let's start at the easier levels here. As you start to progress and get stronger, let's add those on there. But uh, Dr. McGill really gave us kind of a, a really boost into being both from an education and programming uh, company, some evidence base that we could then take and run from. And that's really been our, uh, our goal from then on is everything we want to do, if it's not based on direct research using the straps, we're using things that are related to balance coordination, activation. But uh, yeah, he was, uh, uh, our plan was, hey, if we can get Dr. McGill to do a study, we have a feeling that other people are going to start doing it. And I think as of last count, we had about 24 peer-reviewed journal articles that have been published on the straps, all coming back and saying, hey, better core activation, uh, great for mobility. Compared to regular circuit training, it works just as well. Uh, And for us, that's a win because now you got one piece of equipment that can replace a set of machines or or, uh, free weights, uh, all with the caveat that at a certain point, you're probably going to be strong enough that to continue to get strength gains, you're going to have to – I'm still a big fan of picking up heavy stuff and putting it back down and picking up heavy stuff really fast and putting it back down. Uh, But for the average fitness person – Managing body weight and using the straps is is really proven out to be successful across the board.
0: Yeah, one of the things I like I like about mine, you know, and having them is, you know, the days I can't make it to the gym because I'm right there with you, dude. I mean, there's nothing better than gripping and ripping with heavy weight and pushing heavy load. But you know, I mean, kids work all that stuff. There are days when you just can't do it, and we're just talking about travel schedules. I mean, you have a hell of a travel schedule. And so you can't always, you know, you're not always staying in hotels. I'm sure you're like me, you walk into a hotel, uh weight room sometimes or fitness room sometimes. And they got like dumbbells to 20 pounds and like some gnarly looking <laughs> stretch mat on the floor and a, and a piece of like and a home treadmill that, you know, has seen way better days. And I mean, so are you able to use your TRX to stay fit on the road? Cause I'm sure there are people that are listening that probably do quite a bit of travel and I've, I've carried mine with me around the world. And is it something you use regularly when you travel on the road, and you don't know where you're going to get when it comes to fitness?
1: Yeah. Uh, short answer is absolutely yes. And just for you know a little trivia, when the company was first started by Randy 14 years ago, the actual first piece of equipment, which was the early TRX, was called Travel Fit because uh, okay. that was really his his approach to it. Um, you know, the for people that might not know the background, the quick story on it was Randy. Uh, was a commander, was a Navy SEAL, and he really came up with the idea for the uh, suspension trainer when they were on deployment, and they had to find a way to keep their grip and keep their muscles strong when they were deployed and didn't have access to gyms. So it blew up from there. So absolutely, I travel with it. But not only do I travel with it when I don't know where I'm going to work out, I travel with it when I go to some of the best gyms on the planet, because it still becomes a a great piece of kit, you know, for what we do on there. And we also have these these great third-party validations, because I'm sure having the guy that works for TRX tell you that TRX is great for keeping in shape, <laughs> sometimes could not be super objective. But you know, because we have our roots in the military, we got guys coming back from deployment they, where they literally had nothing else out there. And they came back uh, telling us, you know, hey, it, I kept strong. I kept fit. I didn't lose my strength. And I came back, or I didn't lose my strength to the same level that, that I saw other guys do it. And then Uh, The other really interesting thing that we really found about five years ago as this whole, you know, uh, idea around mobility and flexibility becomes really key component fitness is it it becomes a great piece of um, flexibility slash mobility gear. And a quick side story on that is, uh, you know, Kelly Storette of Mobility WOD, who really kind of took the CrossFit world by storm in terms of putting mobility and movement quality on the map, he and I. Uh, live now about a, a mile and a half away from each other. we become great friends. We actually collaborated on a product that TRX makes called the Duo Trainer. But this whole idea of getting you mobile first or along with strength and kind of this whole blending of where does flexibility and mobility end and strength start, uh, we kind of find that as our sweet spot with bodyweight training and with, uh, with the straps themselves of being able to unload a movement so you might be able to get a shoulder or a hip into a range of motion you might not be able to normally get there sit in that position and breathe for a while let those biomechanics let that motor control take place and then come out of it and what we get both from these super fit guys who never really spend time stretching we get them into those positions and We take them through about a five or six minute hey we're just gonna do a couple of stretches here they stand up they're breathing they're sweating and i look at them and go so that's not really your uh your Jane Fonda stretching routine anymore, is it? And they're like, yeah, you're right. And they begrudgingly we begrudgingly get, you know, meatheads to go, all right, I'm a I'm going to add a little bit of this to the mix as well." So when you say taking something on the road, yeah, we can keep, you know, keep our strength up, keep our range of motion up. You know, you sit on a plane like I'm getting ready to do tomorrow for 5 or 6 hours. Those hips and that back is just a mess. You know, so I I have my little routine as soon as I hit the uh the hotel room I throw a little door anchor over the top and I just spend 5 or 6 minutes less for a workout and just to to make sure my body gets back into that position it needs to be
0: yeah just decompress the spine I mean all, you know cuz when you're sitting there and being you know you're in a can, tin can at 30,000 feet, you know, hurtling 500 miles an hour, dude. It's all these forces. People don't realize, I mean, there's impact forces going through your body. I mean, and it just, it does, it does affect the tissues of the body. Now, to to wrap it up here, one of the things that that I like about what you're, what you're talking about, and and one of the, the themes I keep coming back to with various guests is that exercise does not need to be complicated to be effective. You know, we don't need to really make it you know, and, and, you know, we don't need to turn turn into a gym fail video in order to get a great workout. Yeah. That's, that's one of the cool things that, that I like about, about your product and your mindset. So in your mind, like what is like, what, if you're looking at like just a good strength routine, you know, where, where you're using the TRX, it's just a body weight strength, you know, what are the components of a good strength routine? I mean, you've kind of talked about the movements, but what do you, what do you view as like good components, whether it's a TRX or whether it's just a barbell, what are the good components of a strength routine? And does it really need to be that complicated?
1: Yeah, brilliant question. And, um, you know, I've gone through, you know, all the all the iterations that you do as kind of a gym rat to a trainer, to a coach, to someone in the fitness industry. Uh, and I'll tell you my, you know, here's what I personally do. And then here's what uh, I, I kind of see the industry going and in, whether you're an experienced gym goer or just getting started. These days, my workouts um, – you know, I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm an, that older guy. I'm a little bit closer to 60 than I am to 50 at this point. But oh, geez, I, still awesome. have, I still have two teenage kids, two teenage daughters. So I still got to be able to intimidate and try <laughs> and scare some boys as they come over. So I kind of, that's my motivation. Um, you know, 45 minutes, an hour. Uh, then I do you know, kind of my endurance work on the other days. But it's rare now that I'll do more than five exercises in a workout. And the idea is I want to become brutally good at a few key movements. You know, for me, it's, you know, the hinge, whether that turns into a deadlift or a kettlebell swing, uh, it's an overhead press, it's an overhead pull, uh, and it's a lot of, uh, a lot of rowing. Um, I've always been a big fan of, for, for whatever pushing exercise you do, you're going to do at least twice as many pulling exercises. Uh, keeping that back, uh, that back strong to help with posture and uh, is is really important. Um, the squats, the knees are getting a little bit tough now, so I kind of keep them limited, but the deadlift gets that posterior chain down there, but five exercises repeated. So I kind of go up in weight. Um, I have a heavy day. I have a light day as I go throughout there. And then you look at the, um, you look at the meteoric rise of high intensity training over the last 10 years. There's a lot of benefits for hitting those high intensity workouts. Um, I think people are overdoing it for the most part, this whole idea of, you know, some great research from the 50s and 60s, you know, a lot of it came out of the old Soviet Union, where fatigue is not your friend. Uh, fatigue is something that should be visited on once in a while. But if we're in this for playing the long game of, uh, you know, being good today, tomorrow, five years from now, 10 years from now, uh, it, it really is keeping it simple. So, uh, you know, the 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 components of, you know, what a pretty solid workout is, some type of, for lack of a better term, tissue prep, whether it's kind of foam rolling or on a medicine ball. or Just kind of feel where your knots are in your muscles. Try to get those to release a little bit. Helps with a little bit of blood flow down there. There's a lot of different uh, ideas on what's going on with the nervous system, regardless of the mechanics, something to kind of do a little tissue prep, done a little movement prep, get the joints mobilized, do a little bit of stretching in there. By the time you do five or six minutes of that, your heart rate's up a little bit, blood flow's going a little bit. Uh, and then if it's a weight day, you start with light weights, starting to move them around a little bit. Um, if it's uh and this is for the this is for the average person. Well, it's always good to have a, a focus, whether it's on a couple of different exercises or a couple of different loads. Uh, four or five top sets of speed and explosiveness, and or four or five top sets of strength work. Finish up with, I'm not a fan of the term, but I don't have a better one yet. Conditioning or work capacity, which is kind of that high intensity stuff to get your heart rate up, to get your breathing up. And then cooling down with some um, you know, regular stretching on there. And while all of that doesn't necessarily sound like strength, all those things feed into strength. By prepping your body to be able to move well first, it's going to let you demonstrate strength and power well. Uh, getting that work capacity at the end is going to help you uh, better, both with being able to do more volume as you get stronger and also recover from it better. And then we talk about the end of your workout being a reload. You always... You, People skip over that stretching or that recovery at the end. But we talk about that really kind of planting the seed for the next workout as you go across. But uh, depending on where you are, hey, when I was 18 to 25, if I wasn't in the gym or working out at least three hours a day, I felt like a slug. Um, Now – you know, and it used to be five minutes of warm-up, three hours of working out. Now it's more like 20 minutes of warming up, 20 minutes of working out. Yeah. But you're right. It's, uh, it, it can be as simple as you want it to be. Pick three exercises, get after them. It can be as, um, as complicated as you want to make it, but it, it really, I was having a great conversation with a, a good buddy of mine, a guy named Jeff Dillman who's down at the uh, University of South Carolina. Uh, and, and we were having the conversation. There's a bunch of ways to get fit. Uh, right now the key seems to be on recovery. And so what we like to do is integrate that recovery within the workout. That's why we do a lot of, uh, a lot of, five to seven minutes on the front end and back end of warming up and cooling down. And that just makes that strength that you're getting there in the middle that much more effective.
0: Dude, that that's awesome. Now it, you have a couple of different products coming out that really support the TRX. Let's, uh, let's talk about that a little bit. What's the, what's the TRX maps program that I've seen you demonstrate at one or two of the, uh, the recent, uh, conferences, recent roadshows.
1: Um, you know what we um, we live uh, in, uh, the company's based right outside of Silicon Valley, and we've really been inundated with people kind of bringing us technology for a long time, and we've tried to hold off until we found the right thing. And uh, because we are what we call a movement-based company, uh, we were approached by a company that was um, had some ideas, and so now we have a product called TRX Maps, which is a kiosk you're going to start seeing in uh, in commercial gyms where you're going to walk up in front of it, and in less than thirty seconds you'll do three overhead squats. We're capturing about 2,000 data points per second, and we're going to be able to actually, it's 3D motion capture without having to put any markers on you, and we'll be able to tell you your joint angles as you go through there, how well you're able to stabilize your body, kind of quality of movement, and, we're, um, and symmetry, how well your left side of your body works compared to the right side of your body. Uh, and that symmetry and that mobility one are the two big ones on there that kind of give you some feedback on the quality of your movement and something to do with injury prevention, Uh, it'll kick you back a score an overall score and then a score for your this is what maps stand for your mobility your activation your posture and your symmetry and i'll also send you an email for exercises to do to address those some uses the suspension trainer some don't Uh, but it's it, it does two things one it lets us put our money where our mouth is and say hey we believe the stuff we do on the straps or off the straps kind of with our philosophy gets you to move better so now we've got a an objective, quantifiable way to to measure it. And it also just starts to uh, have the invitation to have people look at movement as a really forgotten component of fitness. Everybody's worried about what's my body composition? How strong am I? What's my endurance? Uh, You know, how much can I lift? Well, all of those things are built on the assumption that we move well to begin with. And that is a bad assumption for most of us. And it just just gives us something yeah. else. Gives us, us something else to work on.
0: Well, when I demoed it, uh, you know, when, when we when we were in uh, Vegas at, the, at that conference, and I demoed it, I actually, you know, I thought it was a really cool, really cool tool, and, and that's one of the reasons I want to talk to you because being able to do a high tech motion analysis. I mean, up until now, basically only elite teams and, and people working elite trainers have access to that technology, correct? So you're basically now putting it in the hands so somebody could walk into a gym, stand in front of your kiosk and be able to get a movement-based program for their needs. I mean, is that is that what it's allowing people to do?
1: You got it. I mean, it, uh, the thing we like about it is, you know, I, I keep making the analogy back to the straps. Hey, it's it's a really simple thing. If ever, all you want to do on the straps is do low rows and chest presses, hey, go at it. Uh, if all you want to do with the maps is get in there and get your score and kind of look at it, and you know, that's fine as well. But if you want to dig down deep into all the different things you can do with the straps, you can go as deep as you want. If you want to dig down deep into – your quality of movement, not just from your map score. It starts to kind of pin out, Hey, these are the top things you need to uh, be working on. And as you get better in those areas, it'll pick up where the next areas are. Um, and you can dig down deeper in there, but from both a, uh, a consumer perspective, it kind of raises awareness of quality of movement from people that are doing personal training or group exercise or in, in the uh, fitness business, you know, smaller gym, uh, smaller, large, uh, fitness facilities or boxes. It starts to have that conversation of, Hey, you know what? I noticed that that right shoulder consistently is not scoring great. Is there something going on there? Can we start to address this? And it really becomes, uh, this for lack of a better term, and I don't think I'm over hyping it here. It really turns fitness into this, you know, health continuum as well, because we like to say, you got to be healthy enough to exercise, exercise enough to train, train enough to practice, practice enough to compete, compete enough to win. And on the consumer end, You got to be healthy enough to exercise to make sure you're putting the right exercises in the mix. And uh, you know, once again, stealing from you know my buddy Gray, sometimes it's uh, it's what you take out of a program that makes the program better. If your if your squat is not a good squat, squatting might not be the best thing for you. Hey, if you've got a bad shoulder that we're not addressing, and you continue to push things over your head, that might not be the best way to go at it. And uh, the exercises that'll get pushed via email gives you some alternatives to it. But hopefully, what it does is it opens up the conversation for people to have with other trainers, uh, other fitness professionals. Say, "Hey, what do I do about this shoulder? Because I just notice this; it's not getting better. Not because I don't feel like it's getting better. Hey, I can see that it's not getting better range of motion or symmetry over time."
0: And and that's important because I I think uh, you know people listening might not understand, but top NFL teams, top NBA teams, you know, military special forces are all using mobility based assessments. And primarily, you know, you've referenced Gray Cook a few times and I'm still waiting to get him on the show, but uh, that you know, you know great <laughs> you know how Gray can be, but but I want to get him on here. But but Gray has developed the the best movement screen out there that that people use that that top performers use. And so now you have the ability to use that technology in a gym. And now with a TRX app, can I download an app if I want to get, you know, workouts from you know, TRX trainers or that that, that you guys put out? Do you guys have an app that I can use that, 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 that helps me, uh, learn how to get the most use out of my product at home or if I'm in the gym?
1: Yeah. I mean, we, um, that's, uh, that's, this is kind of our big technology push this year. We, um, we have a new app. We've had an app out for a while. We've really upgraded the app quite a bit because as we kind of started this thing out earlier is, Hey, how do people get the most out of the straps? Well, uh, the app, which you can get, uh, Google play, you can get at the app store, uh, download It, it, There's a certain amount of free trial with it, but it comes with, you know, pre-packaged workouts on there, but it's also compatible with, you know, most of the heart rate monitors and wearables. And it's not just suspension training workouts. It's running workouts. It's cycling workouts. And one thing we've always been pretty good at TRX is uh, uh, staying in our lane in terms of our expertise and then going outside and finding the best coaches and instructors in these other areas. So you'll get in-ear coaching from real coaches, not from Siri, uh, the workouts will be driven off your heart rate for these types of things. And on the TRX side of the house, uh, we got one of our top, three of our top to come out of the blocks of uh, instructors taking you through workouts and real in-ear queuing. If you need, if you're not sure what the exercise is, you can hit a quick button on there. It'll show the exercise cue through the exercise. So we've really tried to fold in what we've done well in the past in terms of educating both end users and uh, trainers on how to use it and Just try to get them to get the most out of the straps because it really is their awareness on how to move your body and then leveraging that on the straps that's going to give the best experience across the board.
0: Great. Well, I'm going to have the links down below in the show notes if people are interested in learning more about TRX and the various programs uh, they have out. Chris Frankel, again, what's your title? Because I, I love I love hearing the various titles that people have because you, know, you do a little bit of every year. You're, you're like the mad scientist. For people that know Chris, they know Chris is just kind of the mad scientist at uh, at TRX. But what's, what's your title with TRX? Title,
1: title is Head of Human Performance, and no one knows what that means, so that's good. They can't tell if I'm actually doing my job or not.
0: <laughs> well, you definitely are doing <laughs> your job, man. Hey, I really appreciate your time, and I look forward to, uh, to catch you somewhere down the road. But thanks for your time. Thank you, Pete. Anytime. As you can tell, Chris is a great guy. Very knowledgeable and easy to get along with. And as I mentioned, it really was kind of funny. I was going back through uh, some old articles I had and realized he had co-written uh, an article or two with uh, Dr. Len Kravitz. Len is a, a researcher out of the University of New Mexico. Obviously, Chris studied under him. And Len, uh, Len is well-known as, as being one of the top uh, minds in the fitness industry today. He's actually a guest on an upcoming episode of All About Fitness. But anyway, as you can tell with Chris, Chris has a lot of knowledge, and he's applied that to how we use the TRX and, and be, use it creatively. Now, to be fair, Chris is only one, one of the members of the team. You know, there's another gentleman by the name of Frazier Quelch, and I've known Frazier a number of years. Frazier's been very involved in the programming. And, and to be honest, TRX, I don't know why I keep saying to be honest. I'm not going not gonna to lie to you. But TRX has one of the best master training teams in the, in the industry. They have a tremendous amount of educators who are really skilled at helping people learn how to use the TRX. So actually, it's not a bad idea. You don't have to be a trainer to take one of their workshops. I'll have the link to the TRX website below. They have a tremendous amount of resources online. They have their app, and they have a tremendous amount of uh, programming available for consumers. Because if you're a consumer, and that's who the show is geared for, meaning you're just a general fitness enthusiast, the TRX is an excellent piece of equipment. And I'm not getting a single dime out of saying this. I'm really not. I mean, I'm, I'm friends with these guys. I know them. I have a tremendous amount of respect for them. And I just happen to really love the product. Because it is such a versatile product, and for those of you who who like to work at home or work out at home, it's a very easy product to use at home. It's also great. I mean, keep in mind, I live in the San Diego area, so I can have an outdoor gym, uh, let me see, 11 half, maybe 12 months out of the year. And one of my favorite things that I do is when I take my kids, who I talk about often, I'll take my kids to the playground I'll take a TRX with me. Because one of the things that always bugs me is when I see other parents at the playground just sitting there on their phones while their kids are running around. Well, heck, you know, playground's my time, too. So if I'm not playing with my kids, it's not, it's not unfrequent, it's not uncommon for me to take along a TRX, hang it up on a piece of playground equipment, and at least get some pulls, some pushes, and some squats in. And the TRX allows a wide variety of exercises. And for those of you that might be coming back from an injury or rehabbing or have a sore body part or two, the TRX is very easy to adjust, very simple to adjust. Anyway, I'm not doing this as a plug. I'm doing it because I firmly believe in their product, and I really think you could get a lot out of using it. So for those of you that may not have, have seen it or tried it, I'll have some resources below in the show notes. And I really want to thank Chris for taking his time. He's a, you know, he's a very busy guy. He travels internationally. That's one of the na- ways I know him. We're both on some of the same speaking circuits. And so I really appreciate his time to, to stop by and share his information with us. Because as you can tell, there's a lot of ways you can strength train. You can pick up heavy weights. You can use big machines. But when it comes to you know some strength training, sometimes body weight is the best. I mean, let's look at it. You know, years and years and years ago, gymnastics used to be the only way to do strength training. It was body weight. You know, change a friend of mine, a guy by the name of Jay Dawes, Jay Dawes, Dr. Jay Dawes, is actually a professor at Colorado State University. You know, but one time he worked at an organization, I'm not going to say the name of it. But some of the people involved in the organization were pushing back and saying, why are we going to talk about the TRX? There's no research. There's no research on the TRX. <laughs> well, Jay, Jay was like, what research do you need about gravity? It's the body. It's gravity. You don't need any research. And the irony is, and I love this, and Jay is going to be a future guest on All About Fitness, but Jay actually wrote a book recently on how to use a TRX. So you can go to the TRX website to get some programming uh, on it. You can check out uh, Jay Dawes' book on the TRX. And, you know, there's a lot of variety of information in there. Because in all honesty, you know, as I've said before, you know, we don't need, you know, lab science to tell us what works. It's the body. It's gravity. You learn how to use your body against gravity when, oh, I don't know, you're about six, eight weeks old and up. So using the TRX just gives you a chance to change some of the angles. Changing the angles changes how you strengthen it. And for those of you that travel a lot, you know, I carry the TRX with me sometimes when I travel. I bundle it up and put it in my bag. Yeah, you know, sometimes I don't if I'm going to check bag or sometimes I don't if I'm doing carry on. If I'm going to check bags, I'll bring it with me, especially if I know I'm going somewhere where uh, workout space is limited. Um, some of the countries I go to in Asia definitely uh, qualify for that because the TRX provides plenty of options when you're on the road. Anyway, a huge thank you to Chris Frankel and a huge thank you to TRX. And again, it's not an advertisement for him. I just happen to believe in the product and believe it'll help you. And if you have any questions, I, what I'm doing now on my quick fit tips, which are just my short little snippet uh, podcasts, what I'm doing now is is answering questions from listeners. So if you have any questions on a product, a training methodology, or maybe one of these Instagram celebrity trainers, and you want to know whether or not they're legit or you want some feedback on that, please send me an email, pete at petemccallfitness.com. And I'll be more than happy to answer your question. Every quick fit now, I'm going to start answering one question from a listener. I'll be more than happy to answer your question on a future podcast so if you also can reach me on twitter twitter is at pete mc underscore fitness instagram is pete mccall underscore fitness and for those of you listening if you appreciate all about fitness and appreciate the information you're getting all I ask is I'm not charging you for this and I don't plan on it all I ask is that you give me a review just stop by on iTunes or stop by on Stitcher or iHeartRadio however you're consuming this and just give us a little review and let us know how we're doing so thanks for stopping by Have a healthy and happy day.